Welcome to Trashy Divorces, everybody. I'm Alicia. My name is Stacy. Thank you so much for joining us. And happy Mother's Day to those of you who celebrate, you phenomenal people and folks in the world who give momming love to the people in your life. It's true. It's an excellent holiday to celebrate moms of all types. Moms of all types. Wishing y'all a wonderful day in honor of a little Mother's Day love here. We got a nice through line in this episode. We have a mother-in-law and a daughter-in-law. Now ex, still good friends. <laughs> good friends, champions of each other. Team each other. So uh, you have a just an icon, a legend. Only needs one name, mm-hmm. Reba. We're going to talk about Reba McIntyre and her two trashy divorces this week. And Stacy, you're bringing us the- I have her ex-stepdaughter-in-law, I think is the name, Kelly Clarkson. Both just phenomenal ladies. Mm-hmm. Before we get started with the episode, let's pull out our sparkly magic mirror. Give some love and thanks to our new Patreon supporters this week. They are here in good stuff. We are continuing on with our May and Monaco series, which launched this past week. We got fresh trash candy every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday there. Thanks so much for joining us in the Magic Mirror this week. Thank you so much to Sarah S., Jan D., Elizabeth, Hillary M., Erica V., Emily, Christina, Stacy Lynn. Y'all are amazing. A big welcome to our new super supporter, Suzanne B., as well. Thank you all so much. And thank you, Sunday listeners, or whenever you choose to settle in with this episode. Yeah, thanks for joining us on this uh, Trash Candy journey. Alicia, what time is it? It's time to go, go, go. So, Alicia, as we kick off our celebrations of moms and momming. I got a mom today that only needs one word to introduce her. Reba. Hell yeah. This just, this is, she's just a good, multi-talented lady. She's done everything. Sure. Music, Broadway, television. She's written books. She has a clothing line as well. She has a podcast. What can't Reba do? Oh, nothing. There's nothing. The thing is to tell Reba that she can't do it and she's going to prove you wrong doing it. (laughs) Like she's a professional. She's Mm -hmm. a wonder some people say that she's the queen of country. Reba will say reserve that title for Dolly hmm. or Loretta hmm. or Patsy. Okay. Today for you, I have a plucky redheaded gal, an Aries gal. Reba Nell McIntyre was born March 28th, 1955 with loads of charisma. She got loads of something. Yeah. Like no. you meet Reba McIntyre, you don't forget Reba McIntyre. She's such a cultural force beyond music, right? Like she's, and in music beyond country music and it just... Reba, come on. She's incredible. She's the third of four kids. Her father is a rancher and champion steer roper. He's into the rodeo. He wins three world championships. He gets that from his daddy. Now, her granddad, her dad's dad, has won one world championship. But there's still a rodeo, ranching, cattle, roping Mm -hmm. kind of family in Oklahoma. They live in a town of 18. The McIntyre family is six of the 18 who live in the town. (laughs) I can picture this town, though, because still there are six churches off of the main (laughs) drag. (laughs) Well, her dad's going to trade a car for his first 80 acres. He'll eventually end up with like 3,000 head of cattle. Wow. It's a working farm. Yeah, All the kids work. Hard work. They wake up like it's a it is a working actual farm, but the family has fun, too. Because mom 
works for the school system, but originally, back in mom's day, she had dreams of going to California with her best friend to become singing stars. Because mom can sing. Mom just has the ear. But mom's dad, you're not going to California. Granddad vetoes that. So mom will come back, work in the school system, and she can sing. So she encourages music and all the kids. So they're working hard, but they sing. She totes them to every rodeo and she'll eventually end up, just as they're doing stuff, the kids practice harmony. So, okay, you're on melody, you're on harmony, you're on this. So they call themselves the singing McIntyres. And then they get with some other kids in the town of 18 right. who want to play some instruments. So they make a band and the singing McIntyres, like it's, they're talented. Mom troops them around along with the rodeo. And like the family doesn't have it easy. Dad's going to go broke a few times. But as a tight knit, fun togetherness, faith, like it ain't easy, but they do it as a family. Reba's going to attend Southeastern Southern State University like her mom did. Southeastern Southern? Southeastern Southern State University. Where's that located? (laughs) Oklahoma, I presume. I did not look it up. In the south of the southeast. Okay. Southeastern Southern State. I hope that's right. Y'all, if it's not right, I'm really sorry. (laughs) Reeve is going to end up getting a job singing the national anthem at the rodeo for the summer. Because that's what the family does. They rodeo for the summer. And her dad's like, listen, you can make 15 bucks as a summer job. Call this friend of the family. Call our guy. And... Like she's going to do this in 1974 and her singing the national anthem at the rodeo finals is going to get her noticed where a year later she's invited to Nashville. Come make a Ford demo tape. It's the dream. Well, the guy calls mom like I can't take all of the kids, but I can take Reba. And mom's like, that's cool. We'll send the rest later, <laughs> <laughs> which they kind of do her brother, Pake. I think her sister, Alice. Sing with her for a little while. They both kind of do their thing, but it's Reba who mm. is going to do the the taking off. So Reba and her mom pile in a car. Mom's driving her again, sure. right? And Reba wants to stop at every place on the way to Nashville. Oh, there's the biggest ball of yarn. There's the largest pancake in the world. Whatever. Mm-hmm. There's Northeastern North State Northern <laughs> University. You know, Reba's stopping everywhere. And her mom is like, listen, if you don't want to do this, We'll turn right around. Go home. You don't have to do this. But I want you to know that if you do this, you're living my dream. You're doing exactly what I wanted to do. And Reba's like, hell, that's all I needed to hear. Right. I'd hang upside down for my toenails if it's from my mom. So off they go. She makes her four song thing. And then nothing. Mm. Crickets. Makes no impact. 11 months later, she is about to give up the dream. Then she gets noticed. Company calls her in like, hey, let's make an album. And then nothing. Really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's Reba McIntyre, people. It's Reba McIntyre in like 75, right? All right. But things are back happening back home because she is steadily working. She's playing beer halls and honky tonk. She's going to school. And Reba has fallen for a rodeo man. Oh. Charlie Battles. Hmm. He's a rancher and a roper. Just like her daddy. He's 10 years older. He's divorced. He has two kids from a previous marriage. But at 20 years old, Charlie is everything that Reba has ever thought about finding in a partner. Mm -hmm. 
June 1976. Sure, he slides into those jeans just right. Uh, right enough to marry. Mm-hmm. The, the lovebirds marry in June 76. They share a two-room duplex across the street from her mom and dad. Right? And I guess now the town has 19. <laughs> Wait, they found a rental? Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like magic town. <laughs> but they're barely making it. I mean, he's a little older, but ranching and roping, it's not, you know... And Reba is now working on two farms, keeping stepkids and a house, and still going out playing shows, and barely making an impact. This goes on for a lot of years. She's struggling. Until 1982. Her 22nd single becomes her first number one. And hey, good things are happening. She is still steering cattle on the daily working two farms. But Charlie's like, whoa, you have a number one record. That's pretty great. How about, Reba, I go ahead and begin managing your career. And Reba will talk like, I thought when you had a song on the radio, you were rich and famous. I was not rich and famous. I was steering cattle. Sure. But hubby Charlie does see some kind of benefit to having a number one song. So Charlie's going to begin managing her career. She will buy her own bus. She's going to get a tour manager. His name is Narvel Blackstock. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> She's going to find a band. She's going to sign with MCA in 1984. And with some shuffling about, because there's a new guy at the helm at MCA who is notorious for just dumping everybody. He comes mm-hmm. in and cleans house. And okay. she's like, you've represented me for a long time. I've made a bunch of albums. None have broken through because I'm not, I have no artistic control. And he's like, well, what kind of, what kind of songs do you like? And she's like, I like my kind of country. He's like, what does that sound like? So she, remember the land of mid-80s mixtapes? Right. She goes home and makes them a mixtape of all the countries she likes. And she hands it to her, like, this is my kind of country. Right. She has an album of that name, too, right? Yeah. Is that, okay. That's her first album. That's which, her taking control. Boom. Takes her. Fantastic. Yeah. So she, you know, gives that to him. So now he's like, okay, this totally make this I mm-hmm. can do. So now she's got some control over how she wants her music, her package, her persona, And now it's happening, right? She's finding her thing. She's got direct artistic input. And sure enough, like Reba, after all these years of struggle and challenge and heartache, she's breaking through. But I want to back up the bus to a show before that. Because I think this is just indicative of the kind of person I think Reba McIntyre shows herself to be. Okay. She's playing a show. Say this is late 70s, maybe 78. She's on for a 30-minute set before the opening act and her backing band doesn't show up so she's got a bunch of albums out so she's ready to do 30 minutes with you know five of her songs sure with no band oh no so one of the people at the show is like hey i you know gave a few bucks to these guys they can be your backup band so she's like great so she goes over to those guys like hey do you know right let's figure out our set any one of she's naming all of her and they're like nope nope (laughs) nope and she's like okay do you know any of these country standards. Nope. Nope. Oh my nope. God. Oh my God. This is Reba terrible. like, do you know Jeremiah was a bullfrog? And they're like, yes, we know that one. <laughs> do you know Proud Mary? Yes, we know that one. Reba's like, great. That's what we'll do. <laughs> that's our set. <laughs> so she gets on and then she's like, shit, these songs are not going to go 30 minutes. So now she's going to start telling the crowd jokes. Oh boy. 
Oh boy, like at some honky tonk? Like this is not <laughs> No, this is a that's like a real concert event. There's okay. a big headliner coming on and now everyone in the crowd oh, no. is yelling the song of the headliner, like, get off the stage. So telling some jokes will help. Sure. What's the difference between unlawful and illegal? What what is the difference? Unlawful is the just against the law. Illegal is a sick bird. See, I think it's a funny joke. I, I think mean, it's a solid joke. Did it did it land with the audience no, she there? Gets booed off the stage, and she's like, "All right, Jeremiah was there." Let's oh let's my god, start. so we're seeing the same two songs again. Oh my god, just to fill the time, just to fill the time. She's like, "I I don't get paid unless I perform for you for thirty minutes." So what a nightmare! Yeah, what a nightmare. Okay, okay. now this just just not even bombing, just dying on stage, dying on stage. Okay. Now this would have broken a lot of performers. Oh yes, I believe not it would. Reba McIntyre. She comes off the stage and there's a reporter who is there to watch her big, you know, breakout thing, and he's like, "So you're going to quit now?" And she's like, "No, I'm going to now find a backup band so that never happens to me again." Which she does, right? It's remarkable. Anyway, okay. Fast forward in the story. Now she's got artistic <laughs> control. She's, after all the years of struggle, challenge, heartache, she's breaking through. Okay. Now, the thing that Reba does in 1986, which is extraordinary because no other country artist is doing it, she's shooting music videos. Hmm. And she is shooting music videos with production and characters and scenes. Like, these are complex little four-minute films. Yeah, the 80s were full of some experimental Fantastic. But Reba's doing stuff, force of nature, that lady. She's learning how to move on stage as well. They get her some choreography lessons and they get her a stylist and she has that big hair, right? All of these things, the stars have lined up. After all the years of crickets, the stars have lined up and Reba will win Entertainer of the Year at the CMAs in 1986. Wow. It's all happening. So she paid some dues. I didn't, I kind of thought. So many dues. I mean, she's Reba McIntyre. I just assumed that she kind of right out of the gate just exploded. But no. Good for her. She works for 10 years to get noticed. That's a better story. And now she's Entertainer of the Year Mm -hmm. and she's noticed. And her husband, Charlie, is like, hey, little lady, that was a fun thing you did there. Oh, no. But these cows don't steer themselves. Oh, my God. And you're a really good mama, and you're a really good homemaker, and this Nashville thing was a lot of fun, but now it's time to come on home. Charlie. You've peaked. You've peaked, darling, and it's time to slow down and just come on back and be a full-time wife and ranch hand, because with you away, there's no one working on the farm, and... Chuckles. Let's have a word. Reba does not respond well to this. Really? I'm surprised to hear this. No, Reba's mad. She's like, I just now got their attention. And now you want me to quit? I'm just starting, buddy. This is the beginning, yeah. I'm not giving this up. So this difference in viewpoints will cause some Divorces? Yeah, some some (laughs) strife, some, some acrimony. There's one final confrontation on the bus, which according to Bill Carter, uh, producer at MCA, he steps in between Reba and Charlie to break up what is about to be a violent fight. Wow. Bill Carter thought Charlie was going to hit him. Wow. Whatever happens on the bus seems to be the final line in the sand of that marriage. Reba's going to file in 1987. The divorce is complete. Yeah. Can't. 
It's so that's so, we see that over and over again though. Like when, in particular, when um, a the wife in a marriage suddenly has a huge change in status and success, like husbands often struggle to deal with that. I'm sure it was worse in the 80s from small town Oklahoma. I think that's definitely a large part of it. Mm-hmm. And Reba's going to take part of the blame. She'll say, I was not a great communicator. I accept my part in the breakdown of this relationship by not being able to share my true feelings and emotions. But on the flip side, she will also say, with Charlie, if I was taking orders, everything was fine. Yeah. But our problem mm-hmm. in that marriage was I grew up. Right. Okay. This happens. Hold on. There's there's a little bit more because Reba's, you'd think, nearly single, but not for long. Because she and Narvel are now seeing dun, each dun. other. Yeah. Big player. Well, they've grown closer through the years. And the split with Reba and her husband causes a lot of talk. Because Narvel is also divorcing his wife. Oh, timely. So there's a lot of backlash on the new couple. But Charlie's out. Handle your own cattle, man. (laughs) And again, the public is not kind. Like, Reba has built her first decade and her perception on these homegrown values that are decidedly not. Me and my new boyfriend are both going through respective divorces and a remarriage, but alas... Reba's going to move to Nashville. She's going to assume full control of her music and her life. And now Narvel's her manager too, along with play and steel guitar. And now it's really time to break through because Reba's dumped Charlie. What you have done for me, how you have colluded behind my back with the recording agency. Like I'm done. I'm, I'm ready to really manifest my own career. Narvel playing steel guitar, managing her and the heart wants what the heart wants. City Boy and Country Girl, Get Hitched, June 3rd, 1989, on Lake Tahoe. Reba's going to have her first child the next year, and now they're one big happy family. She loves her stepkids, because he's got three of them. He's coming in with three from a previous marriage. Happy new blended family stays like this for a long time. Ups, downs, the not exactly without tragedy. There's a terrible accident in 1991 where eight members of Reba's band and crew, her friends, Die in an airplane accident. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. How devastating. There were two planes. And one plane was fine. And the, this plane clipped a rock in an outcrop. And <sighs> it's terrible. So there's sorrow and grief. And again, Reba's going to get some public criticism. She's scheduled to perform at an award show like eight days later. Like the Academy Award. Like something huge. Anytime you hear her talk about this, whether it was... At the time it happened, or even more currently, she will say this was just, it was the worst thing that has ever happened in my life. It's terrible. Yeah. But throughout the next decades, marriage is good. By 1993, Reba is the best-selling female in country music history. Her concerts are a production. Ooh. Then she comes out with the red dress. If you're a fan of Reba McIntyre, you know about the red dress. She'll cut her big hair. Mm -hmm. And now it's a... Reba cut her hair, did you? Like, I know, everything just... she does makes news. Mm-hmm. And sets trends. And sets trends. But the news is uh, on her career. It's never on her marriage. It's 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 her working. She is on Broadway in 2001 starring in Annie Get Your Gun. <laughs> then she's going to go do her TV show, Reba. Then I remember she's going to write a book. Like, Reba's doing Reba. Mm-hmm. Tell her she can't do it. And Reba's going to go tell you she can do it. So everything moves along in this happy marriage for like 25 years until 
Year 26 of the marriage. Long marriage. Narvel's going to file for divorce. Yikes. No one's more surprised than Reba. Really? She says this is not her choice. She did not see it coming. And the thing is, to listen to her in any interview for the last two and a half decades, they were a perfect couple. I've learned how to communicate. We were both married before. We respect each other. We make a perfect team. Like, all that jazz. No. Their separation is announced in August of 2015. The divorce is final in October of 2015, although not announced publicly. That's very fast. Until December 2015. No, it's super fast. So in 2016, Reba will tell CMT, Country Music Television, the divorce was not my idea. I didn't want it in any shape, form, or fashion. So it was really hard to me to make the adjustment. When someone's not happy, I just want everybody to be happy in their lives because our lives are too short to be miserable. So I just thought it was the best thing to take my marbles and go play somewhere else. Hmm. Because that's what Narvel's doing, friends. About a month later, after the divorce, the news is broken that Narvel's marbles are playing with a new lady. Uh Uh-oh. Just moved right on along. He's fallen in love again with Reba's best friend. Oh, my God. So that's that's what ended the... This didn't start after the divorce. This was the divorce. Is that correct? Most likely? Verifiably? I see. A little unreliable there, but it does make sense. Sure. Uh, Narvel has fallen in love with a luxury real estate agent in Nashville. Her name is Laura Putty Stroud. And I cannot speak for Reba's experience. I can speak from experience, having gone to a bunch of weddings in my 20s, seen a bunch of friends' marriages in my 30s, and now being in my 40s, I will stress again, really handy tip from our Trashy Divorces headquarters. Be careful who your couple friends are. (laughs) Again, this is my experience, not Reba's, but be careful who Mm -hmm. you choose for your couple friends. Mm -hmm. In January of 2016, because this news is shocking. Like this, what? You've moved on with Reba's best friend? Like how? Like it, Oh, yeah. It, it arouses many, many questions. Well, and he's like a big deal manager in oh, Nashville. Yeah, like he, yeah. it's not like he's just like Reba McIntyre's husband. Like he runs an entertainment, like management company. Correct. Yeah. A source will tell page six in January of 2016. <laughs> Love page six. <laughs> it was a bombshell. No one saw it coming. I mean, it's headline news when Blackstock and Stroud being a couple, like, are announced. The source will go on. They are very serious. It's unclear when they started dating. The word on the street is that they're getting married. The pair in 2016 had not confirmed the date they will tie the knot. Despite all the news surrounding their big day, the pair has stayed silent on the matter. So here's what's funny. Queer, not funny, haha. I can't seem to get a line on these two. My presumption is that if they're not married, they're awfully darn close. They were apparently still together. They're still together now. They were still together in March of 2020. Sadly, Narvel's mama passes at the age of 94. And I bring this up as her obituary is oddly worded with the survived by part. Again, in many decades, you've have enough sad passings that you see how weird family gets over how do we phrase partner or oh yes I've been through this or wife or do I mention your ex who is a, mm-hmm. so it's it's oddly worded because grandma has left behind a daughter name and her husband name mm-hmm. her son 
Narvel Blackstock and Laura Stroud, grandson name and his wife name. Oh, I see. Granddaughter name and her husband name. Okay. Granddaughter name and her husband name. So there's no there's no description it's of the what they're... the only one in the entire paragraph like, of survive by. They're a couple, but there's no t- sort of title Correct. applied to what they are. Okay. Correct. So I don't know if in this whole thing, everyone has a wife or a husband right. in the paper mentioned, but here they're just Narvel and Laura. Okay. So if they have gotten married, they're keeping it quiet <laughs> AF. Mazel. <laughs> If they haven't gotten married, they're still apparently really good at keeping secrets. Sure. Those two. Still mazel, I guess. But the fearless Reba has appeared to be unfazed with this Blackstock Stroud fiasco. Continues the source. Every time I've seen Reba since the split, she's been in great spirits and as focused as ever on her work. Reba's a real pro. She always seems so grounded. Mm-hmm. The so- source is going to go on. She's not going to air her personal life in public. Reba also prides herself on continuing to have a close relationship with Blackstock's three kids, the step sure. kids that she was a mom she to was for there, 25 years. Yeah, I'll have more on that in my story. Reba's going to say when you go through a divorce, you don't divorce your children. You stay in contact. You continue to love them, guide them, help them. You're still a parent. And she does this with both Charlie's kids and Narvel's kids. All of their kids or her grandkids, like, Grandma Reba. Can you imagine having Reba McIntyre as a grandma? I literally have that written in my script. <laughs> oh my God. I would want to play dress up in her closets. So I, that was my favorite thing in my grandma's closets to play dress up. But that is a whole new level of grandma dress up. But Reba, still a woman too. She's got needs. She's going to have a relationship with the guy named Skeeter Lasuzo from 2017 to 2019. They break up. Recently, Reba's been spotted out and about with actor Rex Lynn. They started dating in the time of COVID, which is a little interesting. So they were introduced, they met, and so they've been doing a lot of courting by phone. You know, sure, different kind of thing. Just imagining Reba McIntyre having Zoom dates is somehow incredibly relatable. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But they seem to be doing okay. I, I mean, I... I don't ever have a doubt about Reba. She's always going to land on her feet. Weebles wobble. But they yeah. don't fall down, right? Yeah. There's a terrific line about her in her CMT bio. I can't remember who said it, but the guy is like, listen, Reba plays without a net. And I like that about her. And once you've been across that net a few times with her, you're not scared anymore. She's going to land on her feet. Reba McIntyre is. Force of nature. Survivor lady. Loaded with charm and charisma. Amazing work ethic, just diligent. Yeah, she's a remarkable person. Those are the trashy divorces of Reba McIntyre. Trash can allotment. Mm-hmm. Going 10 acres of trash cans with Charlie. <laughs> 10 acres, all filled with cattle refuse. I don't know. I'm mad about it. You just stay here, little lady. You've gone far enough in your career. You got your shiny little award. Now come on home. I mean, come on. Depriving the world of Reba McIntyre. You think you got that right, Charlie? You don't have that right. Trash cans for Narvel. I don't think Reba gets any for this one. It seemed like Reba was the literally the last to know. So I'm giving 26 acres of trash cans to Narvel. All filled with Narvel's marbles. Yeah. We knew who was playing, maybe, in that one. Well, and he dropped her as a, right, like he was her manager. And when they broke up. Well, she's not going to work with him. Like she talks about having sort of this come to Jesus meeting with 
the staff that was around, like, okay, how do we recover? And she talked, she learned a lot. She's like, I learned a lot about a new part of the business because Narvel had always done those things. Right. Now I had to do those things. She, she's solid. Reva McIntyre, A+. Plus. <laughs> Let's take a break. And when we come back, you have an associated story and we will find out if it is true that you do marry your parent or your step-parent. Sure. As the case we may be. We do have the story of a stepdaughter-in-law of Reba McIntyre. Equally as impressive. Mm-hmm. Let's take a break. We'll see you on the flip. There's never a wrong time to take a look at the things that are keeping you from living your best life. And if now is your moment, we recommend BetterHelp. BetterHelp is confidential, convenient, and safe professional counseling with your own licensed therapist. BetterHelp's quick questionnaire matches you with a counselor in under 24 hours, and you can message your counselor at any time, even between scheduled phone or video sessions. And if you're not clicking, that's fine. It is free to change counselors. BetterHelp is available worldwide. They offer specialized expertise that may not be available locally where you live. It's more affordable than traditional counseling. Financial aid is available as well. It has just never been easier to find a licensed professional counselor. In fact, there are so many people using BetterHelp that they are recruiting counselors in all 50 states. We want you to start living your happiest life today. As a Trashy Divorces listener, you get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash trashy. Join more than 1 million people who are taking charge of their mental health. Visit betterhelp, that's betterhelp.com slash trashy. Believe it or not, this is 2021, and the second verse does not have to be the same as the first. If you would like to get some help changing your tune, the ladies of the Oak Tree Group are ready and willing to help you. They believe in empowerment through knowledge. The Oak Tree Group is offering each of our listeners a free one-hour consultation on your financial concerns. It is your money, so there are no bad questions. Start the year off right and get your finances singing. Contact the women of the Oak Tree Group for assistance. Yep. That is right. All of the holistic planners at the Oak Tree Group are female. Check out their website, www.theoaktreegroup.net, for contact details and more information on their services. Don't worry. The musical references in this ad are just for fun and not a requirement of the services offered. Again, their website is www.theoaktreegroup.net. Hey, Trash Pandas, when you need a brain break from your day, let me recommend the game June's Journey for Android and iPhone. It's a hidden object mystery game where you are solving a murder, uncovering family secrets, and, I don't know, exposing official corruption? All in an extremely stylish 1920s setting. Every scene takes you deeper into the mystery and introduces you to an expansive cast of characters as June Parker explores the questions surrounding her sister's apparent murder-suicide at the family's beachfront estate. Add your own elements to the island, from lush gardens to gorgeous new buildings. This story has so many twists and turns. Right now, we are on a global journey attempting to rescue June's niece, Virginia. It's a great combo of gameplay. It's a memory puzzle, a design project an intriguing storyline with genuinely fabulous art. When you want to let your mind wander, relax into this glorious 1920s murder mystery and get lost in the fun. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Stacy, you're bringing us another force of nature. Force of nature, but we're going to keep it in the family. I love it. It's fun. This one almost wrote itself, didn't it? 
All right. And so it was that a new century dawned, and into the miasma of a decadent society came the bread and circuses that a weary people longed for, American Idol. The show, following in the format of its parent production, the UK's Pop Idol, became a runaway hit, launching the careers of young artists and giving audiences face time with more seasoned artists who appear as judges on the show. I think everyone is familiar with the Idol um, format. Grand, yeah. The public has a direct say in how this, you know, eight-week-long singing competition plays out. They cast votes by phone, text, or online. However, you will never convince me that the enthusiasm for the show, which launched in 2002, was not informed by the botched Florida recount of 2000 and then a desperate desire for uplifting human storylines in the aftermath of 9-11 and all of that. Oh, right? that's like, definitely true. The timing for this show to hit the U.S., it was the summer after all of that. It, it, was, it could not have been a better diversion it was a great diversion. Everyone was exhausted. Too bad Hanging Chad didn't really do well that first season. <laughs> he was great. The pop sensation. No. I'm saying that 2002 was a rough moment in America. Absolutely. And when American Idol blinked to life on June 11th, it was immediately embraced by a public longing for a better summer than the fall that came before it. And boy, did it deliver. Among the many aspiring stars we met that season... It was singer Kelly Clarkson who won our hearts and the competition, launching a career that has been marked by success in every genre she's touched, which now includes hosting a completely delightful and Emmy award-winning daytime talk show. She really is just... She is just sparkle. She's sparkle. She's mm -hmm. sparkle. Let's talk about this powerhouse who also happens to have been Reba McIntyre's stepdaughter-in-law for a while. Well, they were good friends. They're good friends. They love each other so, they, so much. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. We yeah. talk about a lot of bad step-parent relationships or step-kid relationships in this podcast, but nah. this, is not, this is not that. No, nah, they're team each other. It's really cool. It's nice. It's really cool. Uh, so, yeah, because from 2013 to 2020, Kelly Clarkson was married to Brandon Blackstock, son of Narvel. We usually wait until everything is or seems to be wrapped up before we cover a divorce story. But since, you know, we're celebrating awesome women who mother widely, uh, we figured we'd just dive in with a, an in praise of amazing women's story. They're pretty close, though. Kelly Brienne Clarkson, April 24th, 1982, a Taurus, but uh, it's a Taurus... Aries, cusp of power. She's, yeah, I was about to um, say cusp of power. So probably that explains everything. Um, she was born into the world at Fort Worth, Texas, child of a teacher and an engineer. She had two older siblings, a brother and a sister, and her parents divorced when she was six. Dad mostly bounced out of her life, and she's talked about her efforts when she was you know, considerably younger to try to maintain some kind of relationship with him, but she finally realized that he was not either capable of having that relationship or maybe not capable of being the person that she would want to have in her life in a fatherly role. That's tough. Her 2005 hit Because of You is about that parental relationship. Um, and it's not a pretty picture if you know the song. We'll link to all of these things on TrashyDivorces.com. She was raised in the Southern Baptist Church and uh, she was initially discovered, I'm air quoting here, as a seventh grader when the school's, wow. yeah, school's choir director heard her singing in the hallway. Kelly had had no training, but the teacher, you know, saw a real promise and was like, come on, you're coming to sing in class with us. She, I guess that's what you do when you hear a voice like that. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. 
She did musical theater in high school. She knocked the house down singing at her high school talent show. And that voice, that big, glorious voice, led to offers for full rides at UT Austin, which is super exclusive, University of North Texas, and the Berklee College of Music, which is one of the world's prestige musical institutions. But by this point, as a precocious 18-year-old, Kelly Clarkson felt pretty advanced in her path already. After all, she'd been singing and writing music for years. And besides, she said, you're never too old to go to college. Oh, which, bless her. While With being, full rides to three premier universities. While being completely true is uh, also, it's what every parent wants to hear. <laughs> the truth. <laughs> I can go back later, Mom. Sure, anytime. <laughs> All right. So she goes to work. She saves up money, funds a demo, starts shopping that around. It landed some offers. Uh, Interscope and Jive Records were both interested But she felt that they were not going to let her control her music, her image, her... I mean, creative control is a recurring story with the young artists that we cover. I mean, you just talked about it, but we've seen... I mean, this is why Cher left Sonny. This is... Right? Like, yeah, Mariah Carey left Tommy Mottola. Artists today don't give that up. Yeah. Yeah. So um, all through this period, she just, in her gut, felt that there was something better coming her way. To that end, she decamped to Los Angeles in 2001, ready to get started on her career in music. She picked up some, like, TV extra roles. Like, apparently there are a couple episodes of, like, Dharma and Greg where you can spot her in the background or something. But record labels had no idea what to do with this skinny white girl from Texas who had this gigantic R&B-friendly voice. Like, they just, this, I mean, it's marketing. They just didn't know. Have you met my friend Simon Cowell? (laughs) Uh, An apartment fire ended her stay in La La Land and sent her back to Texas, where she went back to work at a, you know, waitressing, whatever, like, you know, like you do at that age. But that thing that had been heading her way, it was there. In April and May of 2002, American Idol was auditioning talent around the country, a process that was part audition and part marketing device in some of America's biggest media markets. In Dallas, Kelly won the golden ticket for the L.A. tapings and the chance to compete. In the big show. It was really exciting. Speaking of, Simon Cowell, uh, I guess, wrote a book about, you know, Idol. And he said that when they first encountered her, she was just a, like, they didn't see anything special. They just, she had a really she good a voice. voice. Mm-hmm. But it was, Kelly Clarkson works because of everything else that she brings to. There's no shortage of great voices in the world, although hers is extraordinary. Oh, she's definitely got charisma. Mm-hmm. So I thought this was great. So years later, she would tell The Hollywood Reporter that, that first season of American Idol was a total mess. Oh, no. Um, She said, on our season, we were like kids in camp. Nobody knew what to do. The show was changing every day. They did one season of Pop Idol in the UK, but America is a very different market. They dropped us off in a mall and said, find some clothes to wear on national television. Oh, no. She goes on, I may be the closest to white trash you can get. What do I buy? White pants, I no, guess. And she oh, I says, do remember those white pants. I looked like a cocktail waitress. Mm-hmm. So she contrasted it with how the show is set up these days, saying now they have stylists and hair and makeup people everywhere. In her season, she says they didn't want to see the floor monitors because it wasn't aesthetically pleasing. So they had them under the stage and nine times out of 10, you couldn't hear yourself. It was like you were basing it on what you did in rehearsal and hoping to God you were somehow in rhythm. It was a hard season, but it prepared me. Winning American Idol unquestionably launched Kelly's career. She won a recording contract with RCA, and no less than industry legend Clive Davis took the helm to executive produce her first album. 
very cannily, her season finale performances of Before Your Love and A Moment Like This were packaged as a single that was released within like two weeks of the show's finale in September. This debuted at 60 on Billboard, moved to 52 the next week, and then jumped 51 slots to the number one slot. Whoa! In its third week, and this beat a 38-year-old record for like the biggest leap to number one that the Beatles had set. (sighs) Wow. Interestingly, she's done this. She's broken that record twice in her career. You're kidding. I am not. So then it was off to the races for Kelly Clarkson with a decade of hits spanning a massive range of styles, R&B, rock, pop, country, including a duet with Reba covering Because of You. As part of her winning the, the show, she was allowed to like pick the person she would like to duet with. And so one of her first, it, it was still an, it's an, we'll have again the clip it's still an American Idol show, but it's after, like, she is the American Idol at that point, And she has Reba McIntyre come out. And this was, like, her first. This that is, is incredible. This is how they met. And they've been friends ever since. Yeah, they are team each other, for sure. And in this clip, charmingly, Kelly Clarkson uses the phrase cool beans. No, she's just uh, Kelly Clarkson. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it hits like Miss Independent, Since You've Been Gone, My Life Would Suck Without You. This one is the one that jumped um, 96 places to hit number one. Holy hell. Uh Stronger. I mean, it's just all these instantly recognizable puzzle pieces of the 2000s, you know, pop music scene here and in Europe and Canada and presumably Japan and every place elsewhere American pop is consumed. It was in 2006 that she would first bump into the man who would, years later, become her husband. And furthermore, years later than that, her ex-husband, she was joining the band Rascal Flatts for a performance at the American Country Music Awards. That clip, too. By golly, I'm sure the lead singer of Rascal Flatts is a terrific person, but uh, he kind of got his lunch handed to him. A little bit. (laughs) By Kelly on that duet. I mean, not on purpose. She just, girl can sing. You listen to her sing the phone book. So this is where she met the band's manager, one Brandon Blackstock. It would be six years before they began dating, but once they did, that pull was unavoidable. Brandon, born December 16th, 1976, he's a Sagittarius man, Hmm. is, as noted, the son of Narvel. And like, he had been Reba McIntyre's stepson since I think probably he was 13. Yeah, they got married in 1988. Yeah, 12, 13. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I mean, like this, she is his mother. Like, obviously, not to discount she is an additional mother yes she is one of his mothers you know kelly meanwhile had been friends with reba now for a number of years and you know i i feel like they perform together and record together every time it makes sense to do so like i think they really enjoy each other as creatives you know so we're going to jump ahead a bit to the super bowl of 2012 when hound dog aficionado and trashy divorces alum blake shelton Oh, Blake Shelton. Ha ha. Repped by none other than Brandon Blackstock, got the two back in proximity when he, Kelly, and Miranda Lambert, his wife at the time, were all performing. Such a tiny world. At the superb owl. Uh, Kelly would tell Ryan Seacrest in a radio interview later, we were just in a room together and then he came up and said he was from the same hometown as me. And I was like, oh, we're so getting married. I was so that girl. Kelly Clarkson. Oh, cool beans, baby. Anyway, in December 2012, apparently after just 10 months of dating, Brandon popped the question and Kelly said, heck yes. They were married in October 2013 in Tennessee. 
And apparently the relationship was super blissful for a good long while. In 2017, Kelly told Sirius XM listeners, This isn't a downer to anybody I dated before him, but I'm just going to be real. I never felt like honestly sexually attracted to anybody before him. And I'm not downing my exes, you know, everybody's different, but there was something about him. I honestly thought it was asexual. I'd never been turned on like that in my whole life. I was like, oh, that's the feeling. Okay, that's what they were talking about in Waiting to Exhale. I just got it. (laughs) I just didn't have a clue. (laughs) Of the 2006 initial meeting at the Rascal Flats performance, she said, My guitar player's wife, Ashley, was my date for that night, and we had just both been in crap relationships. Sometimes it sucks dating because it's so many wrong ones until you get the right one. And we were like, okay, what have we been doing wrong here? Because it was a country music event and we're both Southern girls. We were like, we've been dating skinny jeans and we need Wranglers. (gasps) Literally, I'm not joking. (laughs) That's the best thing I've ever heard. (laughs) (laughs) Literally, I'm not joking. She says... He walked past us at that, like, as they were having this conversation, and he walked by, and I was, like, ready to take it all off. I just felt something. Oh, my. (laughs) But, like, they didn't even talk that night, and he was married, so. Okay, so, lo and behold, uh, as they talked over drinks after the 2012 Super Bowl performance, everything came into focus. He had two kids from a previous marriage, and that was perfectly fine with her, and this is... Side note, imagine your stepmom being Kelly Clarkson and your grandma being Reba McIntyre. Right. Side note, uh, they had two kids of their own, one in 2014, one in 2016. Side note, imagine your mom being Kelly Clarkson and your grandma being (laughs) Reba McIntyre. (laughs) They always sort of seemed like they were doing it their own way, like in a really admirable way. In 2015, Kelly told Redbook that Brandon is not her other half. They are not other halves. She said, he's a whole and I'm a whole. I've never believed in someone taking care of me, and that's probably because I grew up poor and without a lot of family stability. You know, we put each other first. I call it the oxygen mask mentality. Take care of yourself first. One way to do it. I can see how that could also lead to some, you know, conflict. Well, you've also got Norval and Reba, right, being an example for Mm -hmm. this is how to partner together. Absolutely. We both still have our things going on, but how do we contribute to each other and respect each other? Yep. I can see that they would have been a very big influence until oh, for sure. they weren't. And then maybe they were still a big influence. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, again, his dad is managing Reba's career. And sure enough, when they get together, Narvel was Kelly's manager, had been since I think 2007. Brandon also works at the company and he became uh, her, he became his wife's manager. Again, like the, yeah, they're absolutely- Lots of parallels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're seeing how it's done from this other relationship, which, as we have learned, was not in the end built to last. Well, it went great till it didn't. Same. (laughs) (laughs) So that's a lot of roles to juggle in a relationship, in any... I mean, when you're working with your spouse, it's very hard. But he's, you know, he's... She's very focused on creative control, etc. I'm sure as a manager, there's a lot of push and pull on that. But then as a spouse, like... Just saying, there's a lot going on here. But, you know, again, Narvel and Reba have been doing it for decades. What could go wrong? What could go wrong? What could go wrong? As late as December 2019, Kelly was suggesting on her talk show that she and Brandon are doing the dirty basically every night. Oh, baby. (laughs) Don't say that on national TV. It was, it's a a very, it's it's a good show. It's a good talk show. There's a lot of talk. And music. In March 2020, when they headed to their Montana ranch to quarantine from COVID, 
As far as everyone knew, everything was okay. In fact, in May, when Kelly listed her LA home for $9.95 million, it was possible to imagine that maybe Montana was going to be home base for the family, having tasted the freedom of the wild outdoors, and that they were just never coming back to Los Angeles. Nope. (laughs) June 4, 2020, Kelly Clarkson files for divorce in LA, citing irreconcilable differences. She asked for joint custody of the kids. She wanted her name to go back to Clarkson. And uh, she wanted the court to block any effort by Brandon to get spousal support. People familiar with the situation were, you know, as always, eager to anonymously discuss the matter with the press. Someone told Entertainment Tonight, Kelly and Brandon have been having problems for several months and were making a conscious effort to work things out. They both hoped quarantining away from LA and Montana would help them work things out in their marriage, but instead the change in environment was actually detrimental. The constant time together seemed to make an already challenging situation worse. The person said, and Kelly, quote, knew she just needed to follow her heart and finally realized divorce was her only option. Yeah, love and divorce in the time of COVID. We've had a lot of COVID breakups. Yeah, it's rough. It seemed like they were trying to stay cordial in spite of their differences, but uh, there's a different track to all this that began to become clear in the fall. In September, Starstruck Management, Narvel's company that Brandon also works for, sued Kelly in Los Angeles Superior Court, alleging that she owes them millions in commissions for her time as a judge on The Voice and from the Kelly Clarkson show, the chat show. They say there was a verbal agreement, and boy, judges must love those. In in place since 2007, and under those terms, she owes her estranged husband and soon-to-be ex-father-in-law, or I guess their business, $1.4 $1.4 million right that minute. No. And the law firm repping them indicated that all told, the bill was going to be closer to $5.5 million. What? Kelly's initial response was to tweet a gif of Morpheus from the Matrix in the Kung Fu scene beckoning with his hand. Oh, Come wow. at me, bro. Come at me, bro. Yeah. Her legal response came the following month when she responded by telling the court that Brandon had never been a legally certified talent agent and that all agreements between herself and the company should be declared void. She wanted all of the money that she had paid them back and for the court to end (laughs) the lawsuit against her. I have a feeling neither of these parties are going to get what they're asking for. I don't know how this is going to shake out. I don't know. I think the state of California, maybe, this legal certification as a talent agent, this is not a thing that Tennessee has. I, I'm, I would bet money that Tennessee does not have a regulatory structure like that. California probably does, though. Maybe. Cal- I can see California having that. I just There's don't know. There's a lot of legal wrangling in here. I just don't know if this is actually a thing. I, I'm, I'm not sure. Not so um, much legal skinny jeans. More yeah. legal wrangling. Legal wranglers. All right. So this is from a piece that today ran. Brian Friedman, a lawyer for Starstruck, told TMZ that Clarkson's labor petition, quote, conveniently ignores the fact that Kelly had her own licensed talent agency, CAA, at all times. While Starstruck Management Group provided talent management services on her behalf, it did so at all times that CAA was her agent of record. Yeah, if you're signed with an A, like, that's, yeah, this is legal. This, it's, um, uh, inter- this is a legal, interesting legal case. So this is a business matter, right? Mm-hmm. Because the second part of the Starstruck lawyer's quote here makes it seem like maybe it's not. Oh, no. He continues, It is unfortunate that Kelly is again attempting to avoid paying commissions that are due and owing to Starstruck to try and achieve some perceived advantage in her ongoing custody and divorce proceedings. So Narvel's 
business has sort of jumped in as a shadow legal entity entity uh-huh. in the divorce or PR entity. Maybe it, it's not pretty. This is not, this is, this is bad. You add it with your story about what Narvel did with Reba. And I'm like, I don't think this guy's on the level. <laughs> okay. So I don't know what broke down in the marriage, but man, having daddy's business jump in to act as your advocate on the business side is like not great. There are a few other dirty details that have emerged. Uh, Brendan wants $301,000 a month in spousal support and $135,000 a month in child support. What? Don't they share joint custody? Well, the kids are in LA with Kelly. That's like the most recent thing I could find. And he's still in Montana. So you Um, need... Okay. Yes, he needs $5.2 million a year to support himself and the kids that are in LA with their mother. Um, Weird. He also asked the court to award him $2 million in attorney's fees, although oh. it's not clear whether that's for his personal attorneys or also for dad's business attorneys. Who can say really? There's a lot there's of a trashy lot. stuff going on there's here. A, there's a lot going on. I mean, that's kind of all I've got on this. It's, again, not concluded yet. I'm sure the more details will sneak out. But, you know, for now, let's just celebrate one of music's most powerful voices and one of television's most boisterous personalities. I am going to let Kelly Clarkson have the last word here, while Brandon Blackstock can have that $5.2 million payable in trash cans. <laughs> Perfect. It's a lot of trash cans. Kelly says, quote, there's a lot of hearts involved here. And, you know, that's the thing that's been kind of hard to navigate is I'm an open book, but at some point I'm a mama bear more than I'm a person in the public eye. So I care 100% more about my children than I do anything else on this planet. So that's been the hard thing of like, Yes, I'm willing to share my experience. And yes, it is the worst. I mean, the past few months have been horribly sad. But at the same time, I have to think, hmm, like what I say has a domino effect in other people's lives, which is beautifully self-aware. I will also say that whatever the legal wrangling happening, I could not find Brandon interviewed anywhere. Like he's also not in the press trashing his wife, as far as I can tell. So I do think whatever the conflicts are, There are some good choices being made. She also credits Glennon Doyle, who in her book Untamed talked about sort of looking around and realizing that what she was modeling for her kids wasn't like a stable home life. It was, in fact, like a bad love. And that the marriage that she was in, which she is now divorced from, is not the marriage she would want for her kids. She didn't want them to see that. So Glennon Doyle really has done a remarkable job with... Uh coming through on the other side and giving us a a really good example of how to love through, even when the marriage falls apart, how to still love through that to support. That was was awesome. I mean, Kelly Clarkson. Yeah. Like if, if Kelly Clarkson and Glenna Doyle were to write a book together, I would be first in line to read it. Everyone would buy that book. (laughs) Well done. Yeah. That's Kelly Clarkson. um, Just bubbles and sparkles. And uh, just a voice that does not stop. So That was a fun app, Reba and Kelly. Yeah. Amazing. Thanks, everybody, for joining us for yet another week of Trash Candy. We'll be back with you next Sunday with two regular Trashy Divorces. I may have gotten an idea as we were taping this one. Mm -hmm. We'll be back also on Wednesday with a new episode of Trashy Royals. And in the meantime, four times this week with Hot Drops on Patreon. You can find us there at patreon.com slash trashy divorces. 
Y'all are the very best. Till we talk to you again. Wash your hands. Oh, clean hands, trashy hearts, y'all. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Have an incredible week. Yep. We'll talk soon. Keep it trashy. Bye. Bye. And thanks to you for listening. Trashy Divorces is a Hemlock Creatives production created and produced right here in Atlanta, Georgia by us, Stacy and Alicia, with a little research and writing help from the brilliant Melissa O. Our art is by Sydney V. Smith. That's Sydney V. Smith at carbonmade.com. And our music is used with permission of Ratsy. Check her out at Ratsy's store on Instagram and definitely drop into Ratsy's store anytime you're in Oberlin, Ohio. You can contact us at trashydivorces at gmail.com or find us on the World Wide Web at trashydivorces.com. If you need more trash candy in your life, our Patreon community includes some of the very best humans around and thousands of hours of bonus content at every level of support. Join the fun at patreon.com slash trashydivorces. Interested in some Trashy Divorces swag? Check out our merch shop and Trash Panda Enthusiasm Society at bit.ly slash trashy gear. Want to advertise with us? Reach out to sales at advertisecast.com for more information. And last but not least, come play with us on social media. I keep most of our Trashy Divorces Instagram hopping. Stacy and I share it up over on Facebook, including our Trashy Divorces podcast discussion group. Come join us over there and thanks again, everybody, for listening. Keep it trashy, y'all.